G'day everyone and welcome to our round two edition of Weekend Wrap. Uh, not fantastic news unfortunately for the Crows, uh, but still plenty to talk about and uh, I'm sure we will talk about all of it. So without any further ado, let's crack in shall we? Welcome, welcome, and thanks for tuning in if you're watching the live stream, or thanks for watching us or listening to us if you're listening on demand. Uh, fantastic show coming up. Huge amount of people in the live studio audience, as you can see there on my right. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so uh, I don't think we'll mess around. I think we'll introduce our usual panel. Uh, Macca, how are you going, Mac? Oh, I was struggling a little bit, mate. Had an operation during the week. Um, yes. Had to have a malignant tumour taken out of the head and, uh, uh, and a graft, skin graft, but uh, but we'll just box on. Mate, it takes more than that to knock you out, doesn't it? Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, we do wish you all the very best, uh, Mac, and uh, we're sure... Just like all the other adversity you've you've had, uh, you'll smash this one out as well, mate. So uh, uh, almost don't have to wish you luck because I know it's just going to uh, going to work out for you, Nick. Yes. How the hell are you? <laughs> I'm good, <laughs> except for the supercars <laughs> and the football not quite going the way I wanted it to. Right. Oh. I'm bloody hopeless. I am bloody hopeless. <laughs> what have you done now? Or what have you, you done? Know, just, just have haven't started the YouTube stream. That's all. You know, nothing. <laughs> well done. Nothing, well done. Nothing. You know, nothing important. Just leave out half our audience. Good day to everyone who's just uh, picked us up on YouTube. <laughs> Maca forgot to press the button. I mean, I forgot to press the button. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not the bloody button. <laughs> Oh, we'll just wait for that to come online. Oh, Jesus, I'll tell you what, every week there's something. Never mind, there's just too many bloody buttons to press at the moment. I I was going to say, you know, the fact that we actually started on time, would anybody have actually gone on YouTube at 8.30? Because they, they always start about five minutes late, so it'd be <laughs> fine. <laughs> That's right. Look, one thing that I did uh, manage to do was... Uh, a couple of intros. Uh, didn't do your cockwomble, unfortunately, Nick, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm taking, if anybody wants to put it in the chat, um, I'm, I'm taking nominations for this week because right. I didn't get to watch everything, so... Very good. Very good. Uh, and before we go on to the scores, uh, don't forget if you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. If you uh, are watching on YouTube, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe. It really helps us. Uh, we're inching our way up to 500, which is fantastic. 
uh, if you're listening to us on YouTube, on iTunes, I should say, and uh, you like what you hear, don't forget to give us a review because that helps as well. And if you haven't already joined Discord, for goodness sakes, get on board. We have a lively chat every game day, and it was a very lively chat on the weekend as uh, the boys struggled a little bit. And uh, the chat during chat during the week uh, is 24-7 chat, basically, and the live studio audience on a Sunday and Tuesday night really kicks the show along and keeps us on the straight and narrow, doesn't it, Mac? Oh, well, I, I am. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Right, without any further ado, let's kick it off with Macca's Hit the wrong bloody one. Oh, well. <laughs> Never mind, Mac. I missed yours, but here we are. Macca's bloody whatever it is. What is it? Yeah, it's a match. Macca's head-to-head stats. No, we end up with all the matches. All right. Look, let's get straight into it. Um, and uh, look, the first one, um, Carlton, Macca? Carlton. Yeah, well, they actually, they really, you know, it hurts to say it because they've always been just down there as a cellar dweller for years, but they do really do look like uh, they're going to be a big improver this year. Um, and they've been pretty smart with their recruiting, really. They've really loaded up in the midfield and that. Uh, uh, and your man Cripps, um, I said, you know, you get one day 43, it doesn't make a summer. Well, he's had another another hot mm-hmm. one. So uh, mm-hmm. it, looks like, it looks like the guy is actually fit and for the first time in three years, and he's actually playing like he used to three years ago. Yeah, no, so, no, no, uh, no, 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 Macca, you didn't rate him full stop. None of this now is fit stuff. You did not rate him as a player, Macca. I haven't rated him for the last two years, mate, because you've been shit out. But that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. now he's now he's said, oh, I have to re-rate him. But yeah, that's the not enough of him. Um, but <laughs> uh, it's, it's an interesting thing, though. Um, English uh, won the ruck, uh, but uh, the Blues mids they were on top. Uh, Cripps, so he was he was quite outstanding. Walsh was uh, amazing. He came back from injury so quickly, but played so well. Yeah. Um, and He's a gun, Charlie Sammy Walsh. He is. And Charlie Kernow, well, but he's back and firing. He kicked five goals. You know, he he really had something when Mackay is quite uh, dangerous on his own, but having Kernow there as well, uh, I think they were in for a good season. And uh, it really hurt for me. I, I cried a tear or two for Luke Beveridge with the losing. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I didn't think you would. <laughs> Uh, 16602 to 131290 in the end by 12 points, and uh, yeah, they're looking good. I like the look of they them. Are. Yep, uh, then we had the Swans in the Buddy Franklin game 175107 by 30 points over the Cats 101777. A good win by the Swannies, and uh, thank god we've got the Buddy Franklin show over and done with. Oh, I have to agree with that. Uh, you know, it was the big newsworthy game for that reason. Buddy got his four. Uh, probably 10,000, 20,000 people ran onto the Oval, but in history there'll be about 100,000 who will claim that they did. Um, but I love watching Sydney play. Um, play I, you never get a feeble effort from Sydney. They just No, that's very good, true. Very good team to watch. I mean, Heaney was quite outstanding. He got four goals and had 21 disposals to go with it. I mean, very nice recruit they picked up in Gildan last year. Um, 
And the SA boy Stevens, he didn't play too badly either. Geelong no, never played too bad. Yep, and Geelong never looked like winning team. No. And I've, you know, I'll stick to what I said last week. They can't win the flag. But I must admit, sitting about, I think they'll, they'll definitely play finals. How far they'll go, we'll wait and see. But um, I like their way they play. Yep, and I know Sydney have had a leg up over the years with the academy and cola and all the rest of it. But uh, if you want to study how to redevelop your list uh, before your seniors drop off the cliff, then Sydney is the uh, Sydney is the team to to look at because they've just grafted in some new talent really nicely, Macca. Uh, but they've still got their senior players that aren't uh, aren't in the retirement home yet. They're still able to contribute, uh, so it's a really nice balance they've got at the moment. Yep, Mike, exactly. Then who else did we have? We had uh, Brisbane, fifteen seven ninety seven. Um, Essendon, disappointing. I expected Essendon to give this a real shake, but ten fifteen seventy five probably flattered them in the end. Twenty two points. Well, it did because uh, Essen actually had 25 shots for goal versus the 22 that Brisbane had. So, and a lot of those were very, very kickable as well. So, if they'd kicked them, it would have been a very tight game. But uh, uh, that, that, that poor kicking for goal cost them any chance they had. Uh, Lucky Neil was right back to his very best. He had 41 possessions. Norco yeah. was a mutant, quite frankly. He was in one league, so they put him on a half back flank. He got 33 possessions there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sadly, uh, Merritt, uh, who was playing very, very well for us, and he went down. He looks like he's going to be out for about eight weeks or so. Yeah. Um, so there was nothing much in the end of the game. They, I thought they blew what chances they had, and uh, now they've lost one of their very best players. So uh, they had one good thing, good thing, a three-metre Peter actually played like he was interested for a change, and he kicked three goal. But, uh, no, just overall, I think uh, Brisbane, because they are a better side overall, and, um, yeah, and it, they, they just always looked like they were going to win. Maka, y- yeah. you watched, like, because I watched Essendon last week as well, and I caught a bit of this game too after Az, and it's just like, I really don't rate Essendon. I I think there's some, there's definitely some problems going on there. Oh, uh, no, 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 I don't think they're finishing the eight. I don't think so. They, they, they've got some nice players, but they just, yeah, just not, yeah, not gelling. Yeah, they're not a complete team, no. No, they're not a complete team, but uh, I wouldn't write them off. On their day, they can be very damaging. They can score very quickly, Essendon, um, and okay. sides like that are always dangerous. Yeah, dangerous on a day thing, but not dangerous for the whole year. No, that's true. That's true. They need yeah. more consistency. All right, uh, probably my favourite game of the round. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Delightful. What a, what a thumping. And, you know, um, we spoke, I think it was last week, about uh, Port maybe having trouble getting score on the board, and it panned out that way. Hawthorne, 19-6-120. Power, 7-14-56. Just a lazy 64 points to the Hawks. That was Absolute disgraceful effort by Port Adelaide. Disgraceful. There's only words you could say. It was like Adelaide at our worst. But it was, it was uh, belting. It was. They were pathetic. Absolutely belting. I mean, they really did the disservice to the memory of Russell Lee with such a pathetic performance. Um, both Butters, I thought, were outstanding. I mean, Russell, they played their art. Well, Russell, 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 Russell Lee, but Russell Lee, never played for the power. 
He played for a different Port Adelaide team. Look, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm <laughs> with you on that whole thing. But they were carrying on about, so we yeah, can't just mention it. Uh, but I thought Hawthorne they were a complete team effort, actually. And very, very good uh, example, Fiend, once again, of blending youngsters into players that aren't past their, their prime. So uh, they, they had him uh, drafted two pure midfielders in, uh, I think it was Wood and McDonald, and one got 20 possessions and one got 18 possessions and uh, really looked like they're going to be very good mids. So, um, yeah, good drafting by Hawthorne. I thought overall... Um, Port were on a man with, with uh, a loss of some key injuries, but uh, they won't tell us how good they are, so they can't really use that as uh, an excuse. Hawthorne are a lot better than most people think, Fane. They've actually, in their last six games, counting the end of last year and the beginning of this year, they've won five and one draw in the mm. six games. So um, really, uh, they weren't as poor as people were saying they were going to be. Some people had them you know, predicting they were going to be bottom or there really was not much basis for that, and I think um, it, they look at the young. Overall, it's their younger side anyhow yeah, since two thousand five. But the, uh, I think they'll win for quite a few games this year. They won't be anywhere near the bottom. Um, another study in uh, development, Mac, was uh, if you had a look at their CBAs, um, they certainly uh, their centre bounce attendances. Um, they're not afraid to chuck young kids in the rotation. I think their second year bloke was at Ward. Um, attended 16 or 17 uh, centre yeah. square bounces and like, they are not afraid uh, whereas um, apart from Harry Schoenberg um, you know and we'll get into this later but uh, we really had a, a, a four a four player rotation in the midfield whereas they probably had half a dozen if not more and a lot of them were young lads so uh, yeah yeah, 100% spot on, and I'll still stick with what I say about Port. They won't win a flag. Not on that performance, that's for sure. All right, uh, Melbourne uh, getting over a tenacious Suns. Uh, Melbourne 12-10-82, the Suns 10-9-69. Yeah, I think we can just sum that one up by saying it was a brave effort by the Swans. Uh, only by got the Suns. By yeah, so by the Suns, sorry, yeah, not the yep. Swans. Um, yep, um, but the class of Melbourne told overall, yeah, they've got... Oliver, they've got uh, Petrarca, they've got Jackson. Uh, Gold Coast had Tuke Miller and not not, not too many others. Um, but uh, overall, they, they tried extremely hard. Um, the, it was just, well, they were missing up forward. They, they didn't have uh, King, they didn't have Rankin, so they really didn't have much up forward. In fact, they had North Coast is playing up there, up full forward. Yeah. Um, and young and Melbourne, they've got a beautiful uh, young lad in Bowie off half back. He had an outstanding game. So uh, overall, yet yeah, Melbourne, they're chugging along very nicely. And I think Gold Coast, uh, they'll win a few games of the year. Yeah, but it's it's beyond that now for Gold Coast. Um, that their list is maturing, um, and it's all right. And they do it every year, as Rabbit said in the chat. You know, they look good early get a couple of wins or some good performances on the board and then they tail off. They cannot afford to do that this year. They have yeah, to I be they have to be knocking on the door to the eight this year, Macca. Not saying they will, but they have to be. And now I mentioned Lacocious and you know everybody's saying out of the at the end of the year there'll be a duel between Adelaide and Port Adelaide to try and get him. But on what I'm watching, I don't see much there worth chasing. Oh my mail is he's Locked and loaded at Port. 
probably um, won't even consider um, Adelaide. Fair enough. But uh, I don't, you know, at the moment his form's not that good. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he's playing in a new role. I mean, he's they played him off halfback all last year. This is his second crack at it. And to be honest with you, he wasn't, when they decided to do that, he wasn't going to be their main focal point. Uh, but, of course, with the King boy going down, uh, that's changed things. Uh, I don't think Luco's um, equipped to be a, a, the primary target, so I'm not surprised that he's struggling a little bit. Anyway. And look, our first round of next year, has got to, at the end of this season, has got to be dedicated to a pure midfielder. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, North Melbourne, 10-14-74, defeated a very depleted West Coast Eagles who did reasonably well under the circumstances. 8-11-59 by 15 points. But 14 changes to West Coast from last week. Um, Just look, horrific. Low, stand- low standards family game. Um, all credit to the people that represented West Coast in their goonies. They, they fought their guts out. Um, yep. They when, when the ball was in tight, they did well. Once they got out in the open, they were a little bit outclassed. But... Um, and they were playing North Melbourne, who I don't think are going to be any really up there. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure whether, you know, I should give credit to North Melbourne or I should give credit to West Coast for their effort. Um, well, probably the last. I think West Coast did well to turn it into a scrap because that was the only way they were going to have a crack is by turning it into a scrap. They put a lot of pressure on North Melbourne. Both sides made a lot of skill errors and overused the ball at times and, it wasn't a very good standard game, but that's what West Coast had to do. They had to make it a low-scoring affair and hope that they could jag it in the end. They fell short, but uh, like you said, well done to everyone who rocked up for West Coast. Yeah. Oh, this is the game that got me in tipping because I'd tip the Giants, particularly uh, with Dusty out, but um, they just never looked like it. Richmond 16-13, 109 by six goals in the end against the Giants 10-13-73. Terribly disappointing by the Giants, I would have thought. Massively disappointing, thing. massively. They, when they look at the talent they've got in their side, it's yeah. basically it's mainly in a clump, really. Uh, it's uh, they've got a, a supreme midfield, absolute supreme midfield. Yeah. Um, so when you get into the back lines, um, they've got a reasonable back line. When you get in the forward line, they've got a reasonable forward line, but they're not outstanding. So they're out, they're outstanding areas of the midfield and. I don't like the the style of game they play. Too much chippy chippy. They love chipping the ball around and they cross back into the middle too often and lose possession. The, and the opposition goes down and gets goal. Um, for the talent they've got in the midfield, they should be doing better. It should be like a dominant and going right down one end uh, all the time. But uh, no, look, you're right. They were extremely disappointing. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I thought they beat Richmond and beat them easily, but. Having said that, full credit to Richmond, who uh, Curtis actually dominated in the ruck. He, he did. didn't have much opposition there. Uh, yeah. And short run, short run from defence was absolutely outstanding, and uh, yep. he actually got the whole side mobile, and they were just too good. Yep. Um, I agree with you about Giants' style of play. I don't think they actually play to their strengths, to be honest with you, Macca. That, they, that midfield should be able to steamroll sides. Um, yeah, but yeah. they allow teams to stay in the game by just slowing the game right down. And to me, it should be a blitzkrieg um, by that midfield. Um, I, I'm 100%. And that's why I see it too, 100%. Yeah, I've never rated Cameron as a coach. I don't know why he was extended 
um, last time. Um, but I don't think he's moving that club forward anymore and uh, have almost missed the boat with his talent school. And then it's then they've just got to, you know, fight with the rest of the pack, you know, as their uh, concessions dry up and their concessional picks dry up. So, yep, um, disappointing. And uh, the Dockers, what's going on with the Dockers and the Saints? Let me just check in to see if I can find a score. Um, yeah. Have you got a score, mate? Do you know what's uh, going on now? Yeah. Um, so I kind of gave up at about half time because I'm like, oh, this is a horrible game. Free are in front. St. Kilda should be kicking. And ended up that St. Kilda actually won 65 to 55. I was sick of it. it was a, I wasn't very interested in the game, so I didn't stop watching it at halftime. I picked it up in the last five minutes of the game and when Fremantle were behind and they got, got within, somebody saying at 10 points, I knew it was between one and two goals, but um, no, not a great standard game. St. Kilda were very happy to get a win over there because they had one over there for up to years, a, apparently. That's horrific by Fremantle. That is terrible. St Kilda were an absolute rabble last week against Collingwood. And Fremantle, yep. for the large part of the game, absolutely outclassed Adelaide. Um, yep. There's no way they should have lost that game. Fremantle um, fly under the radar a lot, in my opinion, but there's got to be some scrutiny on that club. Apart from a couple of years, um, they have not even looked like it. And I just I don't know how they keep flying under the radar. I know they've got a new coach, and you know he's in his second year, and all the rest of it. But that club has talk about cultural issues. That club has got some major cultural issues when it comes to being tough and winning games that have to be won. And this would this is a game they just had to win. Well, it's a game I think a lot of people thought they could win, um, but uh, not not to be. Um, uh, Bradshaw was quite outstanding and he, he had a couple of helpers but uh, there were a lot of players that yeah, somebody mentioned that they had no forward line that's quite right, they kept, kept driving in there but not scoring But the, the, like up to half time though St Kilda was getting it in as well they just weren't kind of making the most of their opportunities that they they had too which is why it kind of got me frustrated, I'm like oh, I'm going to go do it. other stuff before getting ready for podcast. Um, I, I just think Frio, Frio play well in patches, and that's their problem. Is they're kind yeah. of that, they're a bit of that surge team. They, yeah. They'll do that and they play well. They look great, beautiful ball movement, and then it disappears. Agree, Nikki. Agree, a hundred percent. They uh, they don't play sustainable footy, and they don't seem to be able to concentrate for four quarters. And it's it's you know, as I said, it's another team that really needs to have a bit of the blowtorch. Put on them along with the Suns. They've been in the competition a long time now. Yeah, I, that's true. Um, in middle, they've got a couple of uh, good players out at the moment, but uh, no, look, they played. They, they, they didn't have those players against us. I think they had Monday, but uh, yeah, they had Monday. They, yeah, but uh, no, they. Uh, they I thought at half time they'd probably go and win the game, but uh, no, they didn't turn up after half. After, after, and that's the thing time. at at home. That's a, it's a shocker, that one. Let's look at the ladder real quick. Uh, it doesn't include that result, um, so it's a little bit different. Um, Hawthorne, Collingwood, St Kilda, Melbourne, Brisbane, Carlton, all undefeated. 
then we have Geelong and Gold Coast in the eight, followed by Richmond, Fremantle, North Melbourne and St Kilda now also um, on two on one win. And then the Bulldogs are yet to open the, their account. West Coast, Adelaide, the Giants also yet to open their account. Essendon and um, Port Adelaide. So, um, yeah, Port down the bottom to the time. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Port the, See, Port down the bottom that, that was the all, time. That was also going to be possibly my cockwobble because who would have actually predicted that the, the second – you know, second game into this round, Adelaide would be ahead of Port with neither side winning a game yet. Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, uh, early, uh, to me, early on, Melbourne, it looks like Melbourne's premiership to lose again. Uh, wouldn't you love to be blessed with that powerful midfield? I mean, Petrarca would have to be on six points for the Brownlow. Um, yeah. And he's just an absolute animal at the moment. He, he oh. He's playing he's playing like Michael Voss used to play, in my opinion. Just, yeah. an, just yeah. absolutely full confidence in his ability, uh, fears no one, and uh, runs in straight lines. He's an absolute champ. No, he's an absolute ripper, and- you know, and when you got somebody of Oliver's calibre uh, in the, you know, being put into the background, yeah, uh, it shows how good they are. I mean, yeah. Petrarca is just one of the classiest players. It's an, it's interesting because you know he was a high draft pick number. I think he was number one in his year, um, and he he sort of didn't really click in the sense he played all right, but not outstandingly. But about three years ago, I think it was that he decided I'm going to really put my mind to it. And by God, has he ever! Well, he credits Jarrett um, Burgess with taking him to the next level, uh, getting his body right and getting his fitness up there. But, you know, Clayton Oliver first picked in any other side in the competition. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, not even a question. So, anyway. All right, let's move on to the Adelaide game. And it was very disappointing, uh, Nicky and Macker, in my opinion. 8 10 58 to 15 10 100. Going down in the end by 42 points, it possibly could have been a little bit more. Um, and, yeah, my first comments are we played a strange game style for the first half. We didn't look organised and um, we didn't have the cattle. Well, certainly we were organised. I, I couldn't work out what type of game plan we were trying to play, Pete. It looked like we were I'm trying not. to chip it around and slow it down, but we just played straight into Collingwood's hands. So I don't know which Collingwood Matthew Nix has been watching. Um, but uh, you don't want to be kicking it up and down the lines and, and letting Collingwood get behind the ball like that. That's ridiculous. And exactly. also, you don't want to be doing that kind of game style when our players cannot kick to each other properly. Well, there's only a couple of players that do hit targets. I mean, you'd love to have the ball uh, in Dawson's possession every time. He's a beautiful kickback guy. Um, but, yeah, a lot of our guys, I just can't, couldn't hit the side of a barn door, I reckon. Um, but I, I, was, I thought um, we had a lot of players that didn't give 100 Well, they probably did give 100%, but they were really – maybe they haven't got much to give. Um, because – it was just horrible to watch. The whole thing was horrible. And we just never, ever looked like we were going to win. I thought we were just ordinary all day. Yeah. And um, there wasn't much good to take out. There were probably about two or three good things to take out the game. The rest of it says to us, 
we could easily be number 18 at the end of the season again. Certainly at this stage it's projecting that way, Mako. I don't see, uh, you know, you could probably make a case for St Kilda, although their win today shows that they're not as bad as they were the previous week. I don't think we're quite as bad as we have been the last couple of weeks either. But there's a couple of players... I, I, I really think, I mean, at the beginning of the year, we, there were there were murmurings and whisperings and a few comments uh, to suggest that the club felt that they had a list assembled that pretty much was the build that they were looking for. Yep. Um, you know, Sloaney came out and said, you know, the time for building is over and the time for, you know, results is, is here, etc., etc. And... Um, there's a few players that are getting games at the moment that I don't think deserve to be getting games, and we'll, you know, we'll go through those uh, in a little while when we look at individuals. But selection really um, confuses me. I don't know why you drop Riley Thilthorpe and retain Elliot Himmelberg. Um, I don't know why you play Luke Pedler in a forward pocket all day. I don't know why you allow Matty Crouch and Rory Sloan to attend 90% of the centre bounces for the day. Um, there's just a lot of things around selection and the makeup of the team at the moment that just really confuse me. I, I can't work out what um, match committee are trying to achieve. Well, I 100% agree with everything you said. Um, this is on Phil for. Is it correct that he didn't, uh, not only was he dropped, but that he didn't actually play in the SANFL team as well? Is that correct? I'm not sure, Macca, to be honest with you. I read that somewhere and I, th- I just thought that somebody out there would, might know whether he did actually play in the sample. He did play. 1990 okay. says he played. Okay, that's good. Thanks for that. Because somebody on Twitter said he never even played, but um, perhaps maybe he didn't go any good. I don't know. Um, but you're quite right. The other thing about Pedler too, I mean, Pedler was abs- that's ludicrous. He's a midfielder and uh, he's stuck in a forward pocket out of the play, not given no opportunity whatsoever to show his potential as a midfielder. It was just stupid. Cook at least was given a, a, a wing position and he, yep. to me, he showed us, because uh, I think all of us have been saying, Cook, give Cook a chance because you can see something there and he has got something. And uh, I thought he did a good job. You know, I went... This is probably, what, his fourth game of football in that, at that level. And I think he's going to be a good player in the long run. Agreed. Nick, any thoughts there? Um, no, I was just um, checking the SN, the report for the SNFL game. Um, it's interesting. We did an absolute belting of Port, um, and yet the goal kickers, Tilthorpe, is not showing up there at all. I Like you guys, I'm... Just completely and utterly baffled by what's happening with that midfield. Um, the the fact that for two years it's been clearly identified that's our problem, and that they're still doing the same thing there just drives me insane. I don't understand, Nikki, how you can give Sanbury twenty games the previous season, and then he's not even figuring in dispatches when it comes to team selection this year. Now, whether there's a fitness issue that he needs to be working on, um, whether he's a little bit... We've heard nothing about him. Nothing about him. Um, And it seems to me, as soon as Matt Crouch got fit, 
that was Sam Berry out of the team. You know, uh, I've mentioned Luke Peddler. Luke Peddler tears it up in the SNFL in round one. Gets a, yep. He gets a bag full of touches. Clearly yep. running on top of the ground. He's fit. He looks good. Um, he looked good uh, in the moments that he was in the contest uh, on the weekend. But a forward pocket or, you know, a small forward position, I yeah, don't understand. I just don't understand. Um, I think I'm trying to remember who it was in the, the chat, the game day chat in the Discord on Saturday, um, made the comment that Matt Crouch um, does not hurt any team in the AFL, which I did no, counter with he does. He don't no. He does. He hurts one team. He hurts yeah, Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, you contrast it with what actually happened in that last quarter, where they started throwing things around. And who did they actually start in the centre in the last quarter? Rochelle. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and yeah, how good did he look? Had a good last quarter. Yep, he had a good last quarter. We actually got some really nice ball movement going on. And, yes, players got tired and there were some interesting disposals and things like that happening. But there was better movement happening, which the commentators were then going down to, oh, they're all tired so they can't keep up. Well, no, we actually started moving the ball quickly out of our back lines and with some intent. And it was Rochelle, Rochelle all the time who was doing so. So if if he doesn't actually start in the midfield, on Friday night, and if we start with those three slow plotters, which I'm okay with one of them, but the other two should never be seen in that midfield ever again, ever. No, done, dusted. So who are you, who are you actually going to start with, Nick? I, You know, quite honestly, I actually think, yes, I'm happy with Keys in there. Um, because even though, yes, he is not an A-grade midfielder or, or whatever, but we know what we're going to get from him and we actually know he's going to contribute proactively. And he's going to make mistakes, but that's fine because we know that that's his standard and that's his level out. I would actually, I know Schoenberg is still, mm, there's something going on with him, but I still he's want getting to the try ball. He's and. Just, he's burning it at the moment. He's getting yeah, enough he's of it. Yeah, he's burning it. He's getting enough of it. So I would actually like, and Rochelle. Actually, as the starting mid, I would like those three, and then I would like Peddler, Barry back in the side because we we need that kind of grunt. So if you take keys out, you put Barry in. I think that's a beautiful swap. Um, well, someone's got to come in for Sloan because it looks like he's not going to come up. Um, you would think. He'd, I think a groin. Um, oh no! They said no. They they made the excuse of oh we only took him off because we didn't want him to get we didn't want him to get injured at all. No, he had an adductor. He had a strained adductor. Yeah. Well, that, no, they 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 told they told the uh, the fox person that it was only very slight mm. it was adductor, and they've taken him off as a matter of precaution, so he's ready for next week. So, so just as an aside, what the hell happened to the Medi-Sub rule? Because as far as I can tell, the Medi-Sub rule didn't allow that. I know. The Medis- and it's, it's being absolutely abused at the moment, and the AFL is just turning a blind eye. Look, I agree well, with you, Nick. Sorry, well, why do you say that uh, it doesn't allow that, mate? Well, initially when the Medi-Sub rule was brought in, it was supposed to be for... Um, Injuries that um, and the the player was not supposed to be able to play the next week. Initially, 
Now it's now it's just basically a sub rule. It, it's basically well, it, an interchange. Uh, sorry, a, like a sub. Yeah, and, and uh, they would argue that it's, it, it's precautionary to, to prevent an injury. Uh, but I agree with you. They just might as well make just a, a fifth interchange loan and be done with it. Making a mockery of it. Look, I agree with you, Nick. Um, you... <sighs> For all Crouch's faults, I'm still happy to have him as a cold face mid. Um, I yep. think, I think he does. He doesn't hurt the opposition, Macca. Um, his first disposal against Collingwood said it all, where he just looped a handball to the feet oh. of the guy running for off half back. Um, oh, it was an absolute shocker, and it didn't get a hell of a lot better. He doesn't hurt the ball, uh, the the opposition with disposal. He doesn't gain any meterage. Um, yes, he's in a lot of strings of play, um, but they're usually dinky handballs or, you know, just basically gives that aren't what I'd call creative. Um, but I'm happy to burn him as a as a, as a coalface mid. Uh, you'll notice the difference between Matty Crouch and someone like Patrick Cripps or um, Christian Petrarca is that when they... How, how many centre clearances did Cripps get on the weekend where he hit the ball at 100 miles an hour. He was The only time he was in the right place, Macca, was the moment the ball got there. Whereas Matty yeah. Crouch sets up his little camp chair and he's he's stationary every time. It, there's no dynamic or, movement or he, about Crouch. Or, or he's actually hanging on to the midfielder he's opposed to because they're quicker. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, the basic problem with me is that... Um, with the uh, situation, what you said about Chris was 100% right. He was taking the ball uh, full chest and, uh, and uh, running it flat out. With the way that Rob rucks, <laughs> where would you run to? That's the problem. But you've got more than one midfielder, Macca. This is the thing. And, you know, um, I, and your I movement think... should be your movement should be dynamic that you actually have more than one kind of runner happening. I think Riley O'Brien's fairly predictable, actually. He either gets it and yeah. it goes to his feet or he loses it. So, And Crouch invariably is at O'Brien's feet. The problem is that he's been there for 20 minutes and every man and his dog knows he's there and as soon as he touches the ball, he just gets swamped. Are, are the marshmallows we, done yet? Which is why we rarely we rarely get clean takeaway from the middle. Uh you know, whereas whereas uh, a good midfielder, as you well know, Mac, will hit the ball. the only, The only time he'll be at that spot will be the moment the ball gets there. Oh, absolutely. And uh, but uh, I'd hate to be trying to do it with uh, O'Brien because you need, you actually need a, a ruckman that can actually. I think that's a cop out because I think that's a cop out because there aren't many ruckmen in the league that will clean tap every every tap. I think it's a cop out, yeah, Macca. Uh, what you what, the, best, what, the best midfields read the tap off the ruckman, regardless who is doing the tap. Yes, and what they do, what they they usually have the ones with a little bit of toe, and they stand back. Not they don't stand right in the ring, real close. They stand back probably another two or three meters back behind, so they can actually pick up that momentum. And uh, that's right. Uh, it also gives them the opportunity to work out where the ball's actually going. It's in, probably intended to go one side, but if it goes to the other side, it still gives them an opportunity to get there. So but, um, I, I, they but, don't set up for it for a start. Well, the reason why Crouch camps 
is because if he uh, wanted to start a little bit uh, off off the contest, he'd get beaten to it every time. He has to camp there in order to get first possession. There's no other way he wins first possession because he hasn't got the he hasn't got the 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 quick step um, to do that. So, but all that aside, I'm happy to have Crouch in there. The one that I'm not happy to have is Rory Sloan. Rory Sloan got burnt yeah. off by their bloody ruckman at one stage, and um, you know, not that Brody Grundy's a, a slow player, but he's a bloody ruckman, and. You can just tell that Sloney does not have it anymore in the legs to be that midfielder. Um, he's got some good attributes that we can utilise in the side. Um, I don't think he's a terribly... I don't see a lot of sign of his leadership, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't, I, I don't I saw, see... I, yeah, um, I was going to say there, there was a moment of um, absolute desperation from, from Duday where he got the ball, but then it, there was that turnover and his desperation to fix it and make sure that wasn't going to happen again uh, or that they couldn't actually take an advantage of it for Collingwood. And you could kind of see that the way that that backline line lifted and we had a good, like a good about five minutes of run of play after that. It, to me, that's that. Why isn't Duday our captain yet? And he should be our captain. Well, I, I think, you know, I don't like to speak ill of Rory because he's been a he's been a great servant of the club. Yeah. But it can't be another situation that we had with Scotty Thompson where if he played, it was in one position. Rory Sloan has to recognise that he is just not cutting it in the midfield anymore. He's not, like, you could probably give him a secondary rotation through there but he cannot line up through there. It's hurting our development, and we're getting absolutely slaughtered. Two games in a row now, we've been absolutely poleaxed around contest. You know, whether it be centre bounce attendances or around the ground. Uh, we when we do win a clearance, it's not clean. There's no. It's not decisive. It's always out the back to the defensive side, and then it's always a slow switch. You know, it's very very predictable. There, there are no breaking lines. There are no cutting um, through the corridor. There's nothing like that. It's very predictable. And the reason for that is because they don't have the toe to be able to do it. Harry Schomburg is not a fast player. He, he's not slow, but he's not like he takes a little bit to get going. Um, so he's not going to provide you with that pace. Luke Peddler actually has a good first half a dozen steps. He can create some yeah. separation. Benny Keys can create some separation. You know, they're the players that we need to have in this mix. And at the, uh, until, I feel like until we sort this midfield out, we're going nowhere. It, we're just wasting time, in my opinion. Well, oh, you haven't said it right. Uh, it's a, uh, I don't know, it's nobody, I can't, there's nobody else that's got a midfield lighter, actually. So it's just no. like, and uh, just get three slow blokes and put them together in the middle. But, you know, they'll fight for the ball. And um, I think that probably, I haven't looked at the stats, but I think you'll probably find that we actually did, uh, probably got our share out of the midfield and that uh, we probably, around the uh, clearances, we probably got our share as well. But it's just that we don't get them out very well because we're not taking them out at pace, just as you were saying. That's right. Um, just uh, always uh, goes uh, out the back to the defensive side. 
Yep, and it's you know it's just being taken out under pressure rather than being able to uh, like doing like bursting through and then getting it right into the danger area very so quickly they haven't got time to set up. Yep. So um, it, we just and we don't have that type of play. And I and to, uh, I was very angry to see Luke Pedler just sitting in that forward pocket and uh, really out of the game most of it. Um, yeah, and such a waste of a player. Yeah, and they'll say, gee, he didn't do much. He only had a few possessions. Well, poor Bugger never had many opportunities to. And uh, uh, Cook, I thought, you know, like Cook was given an opportunity to show that he's got some ability, and he did that. And Pedler should, should have been given that same opportunity. We're not going to win a flag this year. So, no. Well, and the argument is, the argument is, um, Macca, that you can't play a team full of kids. And... In principle, I agree with that. You've and and you know we've talked about teams like Sydney and Hawthorne that have a really nice blend, but the problem that we've got is that we've overrated senior players for so long that we have backed them in until they've gone off a cliff. Now, there aren't many senior players on our list at the moment who would be picked by any other side in the competition. I, I don't even think Rory Sloan would attract much attention. Um, anymore. Uh, Matty Crouch didn't attract attention during the last trade period. So the senior players that we do have aren't capable of supporting the younger lads that that are coming through. And so whilst I agree in principle that we can't play all the kids, to be perfectly honest with you, mate, I think it's getting to the point where we don't have any choice. Well, we haven't got much to lose because we were, you know, we're losing playing without the other players anyhow. And uh, you have to think of the future. And um, for example, with Pedler should be being developed as a midfielder, and you, you can't do that from a forward pocket and not getting a run. That, I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, whereas we've got the same old regulars in there, and as I said, they've probably got their share out there. But in the future, like. I think what did what did Crouch average per disposal about two meters or three meters or something like that? Yeah, something I think similar. for the season for the season, I think he's averaged six meters of a disposal. Yeah, <laughs> that's not really going to get you, get you very far, um, and very hard to structure up a game plan around that. Um, so uh, you're right. I think you do have to have a core of some senior players, but um, when in doubt, then I think you give the if you think the player has got the ability to develop, then you, you put him in there to do that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's look at some head-to-head stats and then we might um, talk about that a little bit more as we're going through um, as we're going through uh, individual stats. I've already talked about um, uh, the lineup, so I won't worry about that again. Um, so disposals are relatively even, 384 to 389. Um, we kicked it more than they did. Uh, they had a nice even spread, kicked a handball. Uh, inside 50s were relatively even, 54 to 51. Disposal efficiency was relatively even. Uh, whoops. Um, efficiency in inside 50 was where we fell down a bit because we certainly didn't have any method going into the forward 50 and... Uh, we didn't have a lot of targets presenting up either um, on the weekend. Um, contested possession, pretty even. Uncontested possession, we had a fair bit of it out the back, so we had a little bit more uncontested posies. Uh, we did burn it a bit, um, slightly more turnovers than Collingwood. Um, uh, free kicks. Uh, I'm not bagging the umpires this year, but I tell you what, they certainly tested me out. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, pissed gonna... me out on the weekend. Bloody hell. Oh. That's I'm not, gonna, I don't, I'm I'm not talking about it. Yeah, you, no. you, have, no. you have to bag. No, 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 not this year, not doing it. But uh, they certainly pushed the friendship. Uh, stoppage, um, hitouts were even, 33 to 30. Clearances, we uh, won fairly convincingly. But what happens with Collingwood? Ever since Nathan Buckley worked out Brenton Sanderson all those years ago, they just don't commit to the contest. So uh, we might get first touch out of clearance, but how many times did we get shut down on the second and third ball? Well, it depends. Yeah, well, the way the ball's been delivered after that first clearance, it's anybody's ball anyhow. Exactly. It's not It's not a decisive clearance. It's just a stat. Um, centre clearances were even. Stoppage, we won by about six. Um, round the ground, 102 to 72 marks just shows that chippy-chippy style that we were trying to play, particularly in the first half. Um, marks inside 50 were even 9 to 8 contested marks 3 to 2 um, and uh, yeah for all that uh, tackle 61 to 53 tackles inside 50 we did alright 11 to 16 um, yeah that's the head to head it doesn't really tell us much other than we were inefficient with the ball that's all it tells you uh, we actually held our own in every stat, but got trout. So, you know, it just tells you that we didn't use the ball very well. It has to be that. Well, it, it shows you that our method wasn't there, Mac, doesn't it? I mean, well, if, you're, if you're winning, who was the other team that won on the weekend and got absolutely trapped in stats? I can't remember. Yeah, Someone. it was another, another match where they actually. Um, I can't remember the other match where they, they did win the stats, but they lost the game. Yeah, might have been the Essendon game, actually. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, what yeah, time just... is Port Adelaide? No, they didn't win stats. That was shit. Um, no, they, they won every stat. Port won every stat. Did they? Hmm. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel mildly better. Look. You know, uh, it just shows that we're inefficient with the ball. And I don't know why Matthew Nix went in with a game plan of trying to maintain possession and slow the game down. Is, is well, that just a concession that we're not quick enough, Macca? Is that is that the concession that he's making? I don't know what his concession is because I, I, I don't know why we're playing like we are. That, that's uh, not a concession. That's a fact. Well, yeah, well, actually... Uh, but I don't know why we are, though, Nikki. do you? Why we're not fast? Cause well, no, while, while we're playing the way we move the ball around. Well, that's what I'm we're saying. Actually, we keep that's moving around. No idea. We keep, instead of, you know, sometimes uh, when you've got an opportunity, when you've got forwards, like maybe they haven't had time to get back and you've got maybe two, two of each team in the forward line, that's the time to get in there as quickly as you can. Yeah. You know that that that's like a chaos ball to a defender. They hate it. Um, so, but we we don't. We will just fiddle around and give them everybody time to get back. And and that's what drives me insane. And it does a massive disservice to uh, those four those poor forwards who are young guys who are still trying to learn their craft and learn how to work with each other and learn their movement. And we've got some guys down there that actually do good movement and actually keep out of each other's way. 
but it relies on the ball actually being moved quickly. And we have for the past, I don't know, five years or so, had a midfield that refuses to move quickly. The only time the ball goes fast to the forward line is either when the forwards are doing it because they're pushed up high enough, and but then we don't have enough forwards because they're the ones that are actually putting it, or our defenders are the ones actually doing the fast movement. And midfield, it, it always comes to me, it, it always comes back to me that our midfield is what slows us up every single time. And I think that our game plan is just based around the fact that we've got a slow midfield and this is the way they play, except for the fact that the AFL for the past three seasons has at least has moved past that type of midfield. Nobody has, as you said earlier, nobody has a midfield like ours anymore, a starting midfield. Nobody does. So So why are we still the only team left with it? We've got some really nice young players who can make a really good fist of it but they're not being given the opportunity and it's just driving me mad at the moment because I'm feeling for them. Yeah, I agree with you, Nikki, because, I mean, it is a terribly old, not old, but uh, it's a staid midfield that, uh, you know, we mentioned a lot about uh, Ben Keyes, who I've got nothing but the utmost admiration for and I wish every player put in as much as Ben did into the game. But, you know, he's he's not polished and therefore, you know, he's he's not going to, Come bursting out like Dawson and go whack onto your chest, but um, have, but I can forgive him because of the fact that he worked so hard, and is you know, and same with Lady, it's very much the same. Um, but the thing uh, is, Maka, that, the thing the thing is, he we we don't know because when yeah. he does get the ball out of stoppage, there's no one leading up. But we no, don't actually uh, know. I'm, I mean, yes, yes, Benny Keys, um, uh, his disposal is questionable. But he went at eighty-one percent on the weekend. Thirty-seven touches at eighty-one percent. Look, I, you I can't do I better than that. I, I, I love the guy. I think he's a he's a he's a great get. Um, it's no, pretty sad I, when you know. What What I'm saying, was, mate, is that is that I think it's a bit of a furphy to say that he can't hit anyone on the chest. His disposal, yeah, efficiency was, his disposal efficiency was 81.1% from 37 touches on the weekend. And yeah. that, includes okay. 20, that includes 21 kicks. No, no I'm, not, I'm not knocking keys. I've been praising him. But the point I'm trying to make is this. It's a sad case of affairs when your best midfield is somebody who's delisted from another club and um, we've got all these draft picks and we, don't, we can't even draft a, a midfielder. Well, that's right. He's gonna he's gonna win two gold jackets, Ben Keys, with us at least. Yep. And um and he was a cast off from another team. And to me, at the moment, um, because the young lads aren't getting enough of an opportunity to actually put their case, apart from a couple, Harry and um, you know Geordie Butts and a couple, um, he'll win it again. And it's just an indictment on our list. And that's nothing against Ben Keys because he's made every post a winner. And yes, you can make a, a case for the fact that that Brisbane uh, midfield lineup was very, very talented and, and tough for a bloke who um, had some limitations to break into. But how many how many first round draft picks have we had in the last three or four years? We should have a couple of quality midfielders in there that enables Ben to be. Um, uh, you know, a sidekick, not the main player. Yeah. 
But we're burnt three. We're burnt three. Totally burnt them. I mean, um, Fisher, burnt. Jones, burnt. McHenry, burnt. I mean, I'm not not saying that Jones and McHenry can't play at all, but to be, they're, they're not first rounders. They're not first rounders. And Fisher, he can't even get in the side after him. But he's been this is this his second or his third year with us? Third, I think. The the Mackesy one, uh, I, I think I think it started with the Gallucci one. To be honest yeah. with you, I think uh, um, Gallucci um, was a strange pick. Um, Chase was projected to be top twelve. We picked him at six. Was it six or nine? Anyway, top ten. Six. Um, six. You know, it's about two foot eight, and and let's be honest. The form line was Tasmanian form line, and nothing against Tasmania, but is it as strong as Victoria, South Australia, West Australia? Probably not. Uh, and Joe, no, he was nine. Um, um, no, no, there were so many other opportunities we could have taken. But um, and then and then Macassey, um, Macassey was a knee jerk reaction on the basis of Daniel Talia going down. Yeah, it was a knee-jerk reaction, and that is the one. That is the killer, uh, because there are plenty of players around Fish um, at that stage. And yes, he was touted as the best defender in in the draft at that stage. Um, but by goodness me, to drop pick six on Fisher Mackesy on a on a KPD that had some development left to go um, when we we're in dire need of. Midfield players having burn a couple, uh, like blows my mind that one. Yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous, and, and really, the, one of the reasons that no, the main reason we're in the situation that we are is because we have burnt. Um, you know, that, that somebody's listening here: six Mackenzie Jones, nine Fog, twelve McHenry, sixteen, and you put all those players together there, and you try and trade them. You couldn't. You'd be lucky to get a second round of the lot. Yeah, on well, at the moment our our main midfield hope is a lad we picked up in the thirties, Harry Schoenberg. Yeah, you know, not a first round pick, not a not a first round pick, not even close. Um, and th- therein lies the problem, Macca, <clears throat> and this is why I've gone from being quite bullish at the beginning of the year to actually having a slightly different perspective because. The problem with the, that we've got is that we have a mass, and we've identified this before when we've done draft specials and looked at the list and done some list analysis. The the, the chasm that we've got in the twenty three to twenty six year age group is just absolutely telling, and that's exactly where those draft picks sit in in that early to mid twenties. So our senior players are all pushing thirty. Or, or over 30, and our younger players are sort of around the 20 mark. We've got no one in that 25 mark. You know, getting Geordie Dawson in that age group was excellent because we certainly needed him and we need a few more. But that's the reason why we've got so many problems, so many issues with um, with our senior players because they're, they're, they've already fallen off the cliff. Yeah, well... Anyway. This, as I said, that's our priority next year. Just whether it's some uh, a mid from another team that's, um, as we did with Dawson, 
uh, or whether whatever. But we, it's got to be a midfielder. Who, Mac? Me, pun? Who? Oh, I might be. I mean, um, maybe straight out the draft. But um, um, well, Dunkley, for example, is a player that has been rumoured, um, and I think he's a player. Mepan? He's, he's he's not a bloody he's not a chance Dunkley. to come to Adelaide. He's an no. He's got his wife is from South Australia and wants to come home. And uh, in fact, she's I think she's playing uh, uh, for the local uh, basketball team here. And uh, right. anyway, let's let's that's another podcast. Let's move on. Um, so player stats: uh, Benny Keys, as I said, thirty-seven touches, twenty-one kicks, sixteen handballs. Uh, nine marks, two tackles, three clearances, metres gained, 355. Um, he had uh, four inside 50s, um, six score involvements, five intercepts, uh, went at 81%, as I mentioned. 12 contested possessions, 24 uncontested possessions. We'll do our votes shortly, but uh, for mine, our best player. Yep, no, no argument for me. Uh, Brody Smith. Um, had 30 touches. Um, snuck under the radar a bit, that one. I didn't realise he had so many. Uh, 16 kicks, 14 handballs, 6 marks, 1 t- uh, tackle. Uh, Metis game, 5.59, which is what we need to get from Brody. Um, had 6 inside 50s, uh, 4 score involvements, 6 intercepts, 73.3% um, disposal efficiency, 10 contested possessions in all of that. Um, was a pretty solid game again by Brody Smith, I thought. Uh, in our top three for me, yep. Uh, Mr. Crouch, uh, 29 touches, 13 and 16, five marks, five tackles, three clearances, 158 metres gained. Um, had two inside 50s, uh, five score involvements, two intercepts, 65.5% disposal efficiency with 10 contested possessions. So you can argue there that even as a coal-faced mid, he's not fulfilling his job, really. Look, um, I, uh, yeah, look, he's, hey, look, I, I give him this much. He tries, his, he tries as much as he's capable of doing. Unfortunately, it's not doing what we need it, uh, need to be done. I know, I know you've got a soft spot for Matt Crouch. And I certainly do not have do not have the same level of um, negativity towards Matt that I did again uh, towards Brad. Um, but if he's but going to be that front line mid, he needs to get more contested possessions, and he needs to, he needs to hurt more. Um, I, no, I don't have a soft spot for him. I just think that he tries very hard, but the output isn't doesn't match the input. I think everyone tries hard. Well, no, but nah. I'll, I'll, quali- I'll qualify that. Yeah, <laughs> Geordie Dawson, twenty-eight touches, twenty-one kicks, seven handballs, which is a good kick to handball ratio from Geordie. That's what we want. Eleven marks across the back line there, which was excellent. Um, one tackle, five hundred fifty-six meters gained, uh, which is what you want. Um, spent a lot of time on ground, ninety-one percent time on ground. Um, had five inside fifties. Uh, had five score assists. Uh, five intercepts, 71.4, um, three contested possessions, so he's very much on the outside, which is where we want him. Um, really promising, I thought, from Jordan Dawson. Totally different level of players with the rest of our team. 
Yep. Quality. Uh, professional, exactly. um, good disposal, good skills, good temperament, um, calm under pressure, has been well coached. Rory Sloan, 22, uh, disposals, 11 kicks, 11 handballs, 5 marks, 3 tackles, 6 clearances, 197 metres games, only spent 65% time on ground. Um, obviously, it's been a bit off at the end there. Um, had three inside 50s, uh, two centre clearances, five score involvements, three intercepts, 68.2% uh, disposal efficiency and 13 contested possessions. Unfortunately, they're good numbers, except that that's not how we need him to play. We've already got one of those blokes. <laughs> they either rotate Matt and Rory or just get Rory out of there because at least Rory can play another position. I, I'd get Rory out there, yeah. Well, that's what I'd do. Uh, Josh Rochelle, 20 disposals, 9 kicks, 11 handballs, 4 marks, 1 tackle, um, 2 clearances, 2 clearances, 235 metres gain. Now, this lad, he's a first-year player, he's 18 years old, spends 89% time on ground. Now, I know that he's playing up forward, but he spent a bit of time in the last quarter in the midfield. 89% time on ground is pretty good effort. Um, 2 inside 50s. Uh, six score involvements, two intercepts, um, one tackle inside 58 contested possessions and, of course, um, hit the scoreboard as well. Uh, I think it's clear already the sort of player that we've got on our hands there. Well, we finally have uh, selected an A-grade player with our first-round pick. He's yep. very, very good. He's class. He's class. Yep. And he will be... Um, he will... I don't quite agree with Nicky uh, talking about starting him in the midfield now, I, but I would use him in a little burst in the midfield now, and he will ultimately become a, a regular in there, Nicky. Now, I've, as we're... Uh, sorry to cut you off there. As we do uh, in our live streams, we have a live studio audience, and Mick has had his hand up for ages, so uh, I'll take this chance to get you on board. Mick, how are you going? Yeah, good. Can you hear me? Yeah, you mate, let clear. Yep. How are you going? Yeah, good, thank you. Just got a, a um, issue with uh, the assessment of Matt Crouch. I think people are realising he, you know, he lost all of last year. Um, didn't play all that you know, much the year before. And anybody else that comes back after a year off is usually given you know three or four games to get up to speed. I think that you should be you know, given a little bit of slack. I mean, you know... In four or five games, if he's not uh, getting the metres gained and doing what he should be, well, then, yeah, you can start getting into him. But between now and then, I think uh, we can just let him get on to the uh, speed of the game. But on the Sloan, he needs to get out of there for sure. And uh, one last thing, Himmelberg's got to go. Oh, yeah, we'll so, get to that one. Yeah. <laughs> but the only thing, yeah. that's a fair comment, Mick, um, about Crouchy. What I would say is, why is he getting picked? I mean, it's not his fault he's getting picked. But if he needs to get some miles in his legs, and I don't disagree that might be the case, why pick him? I mean, we did the same with Miller last week, and that was a mistake. Well, as you, as you, as you said, he didn't pick himself. No, no, no. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a, a slight on Matt at all. Uh, it's a commentary on the, on the um, match committee. 
Um, it's, yeah, I, you know, I, I, the, the, the whole rebuild as we're supposed to be doing, how we're you know, letting three of our players, or say four, get the 90, 95% of the centre bounces is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like how are we ever gonna re- how are we ever gonna rebuild like that has got me stuffed. Yeah, yeah and, no. and that's that's my problem, Mick, is that I understand yes he's come back um from you know, missing an entire year, also not playing so much the year before. But we do have his form prior to that, and his form prior to that is pretty similar to what we're seeing now. And the AFL has moved past that. AFL midfield is a quality AFL well, If we could get the 2017 uh, Matt Crouch back, I think we'd have a, um, you know, get Sloan out of there, get the 2000. I mean, we, we haven't really. Yeah, maybe we don't. No, I mean, I, I'll, I'll disagree with you because the midfield since 2017, three years ago, the, those midfields don't work that way anymore. How about not last year, the year before, after he was dropped and then he came back and he was actually tackling? And I think he was played pretty well then. No, we don't want a midfielder who tackles. Well, we no, want no, a, make, we no, 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 Nikki, that's not true. That's not well, true. No, we do. Okay. That, that's but not true. That's, that, no, can, I, have can to... I just finish? Yeah, can okay. I just finish, please? I don't – if that's all your – like, yeah, great, he tackles. But we need to have quality disposal and we need speed. And you need someone we in and under. You don't have either of those. the right ones too, Nikki. You can't – not everyone can do that. You've got to have one in and under. Yes, but he's our prime – if he's our prime midfielder, he should – that's not the role of our prime midfielder. It should be a Crips. It should be a Petrarca. Yeah, you... We don't have one of those. Because Matt Crouch gets picked and he's supposedly our number one midfielder. He's not our number one midfielder. He's a quality AFL player. Well, so no, you do, hang on, hang on. Not hang number, one. number one midfielder. Hang on, number one. Hang on, Nikki. If you, on the one hand, you're saying he's a quality AFL midfielder, and on the other hand, you're saying he shouldn't be in there. The, the simple yeah. fact is that that Matt Crouch at his best is good enough to be in our rotation. The problem is that he's surrounded by similar players: Rory Sloan, Rory Laird, exactly. when he's fit. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I've said I've said before I don't mind Matt being the coalface mid. I think he needs to be more dynamic in the midfield. Um, but I think Mick raises a really good point about his fitness um, because he has been out. Um, you know, uh, it was a surprise to me that he was. In some ways, it was a surprise to me that he was picked round one because, as I said, we had other players that had been played all last year, like Sam Berry, that are a similar, you know, grunt player that could have started there. Um, so, Mick, you know, I I think there's a there's a place for Matt Crouch. It's more about the makeup of that rotation yeah, rather I than agree. Oh, him as an individual. I- I agree with that totally, and I seem to think that if uh, you know, give Rob a couple more weeks, but if he's not starting to learn to um, tap it in the right directions, I think you know, we go give Strawny a go. And uh, one more thing before I jump off, Fiend. Yeah. Where's my uh, Where's my prize for winning the uh, tipping comp a few years ago? I don't know. What the footy? Was that that year? Yeah, that was me. Both those footies went. 
No, the you year after. You think, you, was the first the year, year after, they had a sign bit. Yeah, the year after I won the footing comp, he said, oh, you'll get a prize to me. I've never heard from you since. Plead dementia. Plead dementia. Plead dementia. No, 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 because I've got to, I've got to say, because uh, Mick, you're Mick from Patreon, right? Yeah, yep. Mick, I would say, and I don't want to embarrass you, Mick, but Mick's probably our number one supporter. <laughs> And I really appreciate it. Mick's, Mick's been on Patreon with us since I reckon one. I I reckon since I started Patreon. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> you poor and, sucker. And he's, and he's just been sitting there patiently waiting for us to be Mick, I take no. Hang, hang on a minute. I actually sent you an email asking if you wanted a Guernsey, and you never got back to me. <laughs> Yeah, well, I hardly ever check my emails. That's probably good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, and I can put it up on screen if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Mate. Look, mate, I'll uh, I'll hook it. All jokes aside, your support has been amazing, mate, and I really appreciate. It. And it's fantastic that you finally come on the show. Really good. Oh, it's the second time I've been on. Oh yeah, but the first time was ages ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, last season. I think. And yeah. I've got to say, Mick, you made your case very, very well, mate. I'm with you. <laughs> All right, then. I'll jump off. Thank you. Good on you, mate. Yeah. See ya. See ya. If anyone else wants to uh, have a chat um, and have good comments like that, um, I love I love the fact that we can get our listeners on. It's fantastic. It really is. Uh, Mick was good because he made a lot of sense. He really did. Made a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um so, yeah, that's what we want. Oh, healthy, unlike us. Healthy debate. Hey, don't lump me in with you, Nick. You're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, our charm, now, remember? It's our charm. Now, Harry S, 20-odd um, touches, only the nine kicks. He's, he just seems to be lacking confidence with uh, with disposal at the moment. I'll tell you what, he's disposed. You know, I always thought uh, uh, in previous years he wasn't too bad with his disposal, but... His disposal this year is disgraceful. He just burns the ball so badly this year. Well, one it's, of one of the great things about him. Sorry, go on, Nick. Yeah, I was just going to say, does it look like he's trying too hard? Probably. Well, one of the great Probably. things about Harry uh, last year that we all noticed was how he was able to put the ball to the advantage of his teammates so regularly, um, and that just seems to have gone missing. Um, so, but you know, young player, he's got to work through it. And the last thing I want to see is him getting turfed out of the rotations and turfed out of the team. That's exactly what we need to expect and tolerate from young players. And he'll work through it. He's a quality kid and he'll work through it. So, um, you know, that's, that's what we've got to, I've got no problem with a young lad having to work through an issue like that. Now we've got 19... Interesting point there for Surface in um, the chat is um, he said Harry looks like he doesn't know where he fits in with Crouch back. It's quite possible. The one thing that I will say is that uh, the midfield doesn't look cohesive. Um, so no, whether I... that's a factor or not, I'm not sure. Now we've got our good friend 1990 on. Uh, mate, how are you going? I'm going well, thanks, guys. Uh, good evening. Um, just a couple of things. I'll be quick tonight. Uh, first one was that... I think we kind of uh, looks like we might have overperformed last year. Um, if you remember, there's quite a few games where we won by not many uh, points, and I think 
probably on form, we were probably quite pleased to win those games. And on paper, we probably didn't have the cattle to consistently win those games. Um, and I think we're seeing probably a better, truer reflection of where we're at right now. Um, so I think going forward, we're going to have to spend a couple of years on uh, getting the best midfielders we can at the draft and building around them. I don't think anybody can argue against that uh, 1990, but uh, uh, NT Rabbit out there makes an excellent point in the fact that in 2021, we had Walker, Laird and Seedsman all burning and uh, and carriers, and uh, none of those three are in the team. And if you look, Seisman is a midfielder uh, out wide, Laird is a midfielder in the guts, and Walker is uh, the centre-half forward, full forward type up forward. So they keep players, and which means that the quality, of the quality of the ball coming into the forward line in the first is probably down, and then secondly, on top of that, the, the quality of the player there is definitely down. So um, uh, we are performing well below last year, but maybe, just maybe, when those three come back, we might, we might uh, well, get somewhere near where we were towards the end of last year. I just personally don't see it. I see the, the teams that finished down below last year have leapfrogged us, like um, Collingwood, who've gone well past us, North Melbourne, who have drafted and traded, and I imagine if we played them next week, they would beat us. Gold Coast have gone well ahead. I think we've just, we've really dropped away. Um, and I think it's going to be a tough season. Are you predicting us to finish 18th? I think we'll finish last quite easily. <laughs> I have a whole feeling you could be right, but I hope you're not. But the, the most exciting, exciting thing that happened on the weekend, I actually went to the game, was the beginning of the second <laughs> corner when, when the uh, emergency <laughs> sirens went off and went to the exit and got quite <laughs> excited that I wouldn't have to watch the rest of the game. Beep, beep, and the whoop, whoop, and the whoop, 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 the whoop, whoop went. So everybody had to leave. Well, when that fire when that fire alarm went off, I thought it was because one of the umpires' whistles had, had gotten so hot from all the times they blew it that uh, it had just uh, caught on fire. But uh, that apparently well, the wasn't the case. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not burning the umpires. We're not burning the umpires. Uh, thank you, mate. Uh, Cheers, good to hear your dulcet tones as usual. Uh, and uh, don't forget, anyone else who'd like to join in the chat, uh, we've probably got. Uh, Oh, we've probably got another 10 minutes to go. So uh, if you want to uh, hop on and have your say, feel free, please. Um, just a couple more. I won't run through them all. Uh, Lockie Scholl, I thought, uh, followed up last week with a decent effort. Um, I thought Tom Diday was all right down back. I thought Mitch Hinge was down, all right down back. I thought Braden Cook was okay in uh, patches. Um, and um, I also thought that Geordie Butts played really well. Um, but there are a couple of yeah, things I, I just I, want to talk about. I, I was just going to say, uh, I mean, most people wouldn't have thought of like matching butts up on Elliot, but I actually thought that was um, quite a good matchup um, for Elliot, and he didn't kind of burn us too much where normally a player of his calibre normally would. Yeah, uh, Geordie's just having a really good start to the season again. I thought he played really well. All right, let's talk about a couple. Now, I've been on the bus and off the bus and then back on the bus, and I'm now permanently off the Elliot Himmelberg bus. Uh, what oh. I saw on the weekend um, was just subpar, 
And I know that Elliot can play better, but I've come to the conclusion that his better is still not good enough. I would state, and clearly I have never been on the Himmelberg bus because I, he's just not bloody good enough. He just can't can't clunk a mark. When he, when he should clunk a mark, if, if he flutes one now and again, he won't kick the goal, he'll hook it or fly it or whatever. Uh, he's just not an, he's not an AFL player. Vardy says, his, Vardy says his confidence down. I don't think it's confidence at all, Vardy. You don't have to be confident to run hard. Um, yeah. There's plenty of examples of players that are down on form. I think it was uh, uh, Scott Pendlebury last week was uh, struggling in his match and uh, just rolled his sleeves up, just rolled his sleeves up and got involved. And Elliot um, trails the contest too often and... Uh, he dropped at least three marks that he should have taken. His hands aren't strong enough. Um, I'm not saying that Billy's the answer because I don't think he is. Um, but unfortunately, as much as I think uh, someone like Elliot can work in a team if he provides a contest, Elliot just doesn't provide a contest often enough, and I'm off. Yep, agree. And and you know that I've liked. Well, you're Mrs. Himmelberg, that. so if you're off, that's the end of it. <laughs> I know, according, according to Macker, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm actually old enough to be his mother. Um, <laughs> um, that's, what I, that's what I was suggesting. You're, you're, still, you're and, still Mrs. Himmelberg. Yeah, but the the thing is that it's you. We saw those flashes of what he could be, but you're right, Fane. He's just it's in and out, and it's not when it should be when he needs to, as you said, roll the sleeves up and get to work yeah. and make things work for him. That's yeah. what a good forward will do. If things aren't going your way, you work at it and you work at it till it, yeah. hopefully it does go your way. Yeah. And he doesn't uh, run. He, he lumbers. He doesn't run. He, he, he is run. a lumberer. He is a lumberer. And the thing that, the thing that finally um, occurred to me, Mac, is that he's no better than Josh Jenkins. In fact, he's not as good as Josh Jenkins. And I was never a Josh Jenkins fan, so how how the hell could I possibly support Elliot Himmelberg? And look, he's a big fella. They take time, etc., etc., etc. But I don't see enough qualities in Elliot. Um, he doesn't kick goals when he gets the opportunity. He doesn't take marks when he gets the opportunity. He doesn't make enough contests. Uh, there's it's a long way to come back from in your fourth or fifth year on a list, don't you think? I think he's about his sixth year, I think. Yeah. So um, I think, unfortunately for Elliot, um, I just don't see how they persevere with him, which which then leads me to the other perennial one, and um, I'm interested to know people's thoughts about Fogarty's game on the weekend. Oh, I thought it still doesn't do enough. Just doesn't do enough. Um, he's Actually, probably had a few more uh, attempts or efforts than he does normally, but um, no, we need a lot more out of him. And he needs somebody else alongside him so that he's not the main man. I mean, we had Himmelberg there, but between the two of them, that there's, there's nothing happening there. And I wasn't happy with either of them, to be honest. Nick? I, although, in fairness to Fog, I thought he got uh, twice. I think he got pinged. Uh, for a push when all it was when they were jostling and he was a stronger player. Well, the yeah, first one in the first quarter was oh. ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah, they they hate they hate him and they hate McHenry. Um, and I actually it it was a tough one on Fogg. So Berg was definitely a oh no. Fogg, I'm kind of half and half on because yeah. at yeah. times it was. Mm, what's going on there? But other times when we – there were a couple of goals that we got was – it was great hustle and run from him, just putting that pressure on over – and it was also with our other forwards, which we then kind of got to turn over the ball and we we did get some goals out of it. Um, I did and, – and I think the contrast with Himmelberg is Gallant came in and even though he didn't clunk any marks, there was more crashing of the packs and there was more movement and there was more stuff going on with Gallant. Well, Lockie will... When he was there. Yeah, Lockie, Lockie will never die wondering when it comes to an aerial no. contest. That's what I love about him. And and the other forwards need to understand that and just let him go when they stay down. Because at one stage we had all three go up and it's like, you lot didn't talk, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I wasn't unhappy with Fogg's game. I thought he had limited opportunities. Uh, yes, um, there are times, there's always times where you want Fogarty to do more, but um, I, I just think our forward movement was diabolical. Um, and when you're just kicking up and down lines or switching slowly from one side of the ground to the other, um, you know, rarely did we come through the corridor at pace. Um, it doesn't allow a forward to get much separation on a lead. Um, so uh, the reason why I ask is because I'm just wondering what the best makeup of our forward line is, given that I don't think Elliot is it. I think in long term, obviously, Riley comes in, but uh, I don't think Riley comes straight back in for Himmelberg. Um, you know, is, is there a case to be made for um, playing a little uh, smaller? Is there a case for, for Nick Murray to go forward and Billy to go down back, Macca? Because Nick Murray is another one who will attack the ball in the air. Well, he's a nice forward. Well, you know, it's worthy of an experiment. But I, uh, personally, I would be thinking, uh, bringing out Himmelberg and uh, Thilthorpe in um, uh, as a second relieving ruckman as well. Um, I just think we've got to, got to put some faith in uh, Thilthorpe. Um, to, and I'm not, look, I'm not surprised he got dropped because I, I thought he didn't show enough intensity the week before. And I think dropping him for one week was just letting him know you don't get in just by turning up. I don't um, think you can do that with a kid, mate. Well, I, I would I would have done it, and they did it. But I also wouldn't leave him to rot down in there either. I did, I'd still let him know I still loved him, and I'll bring you bring him back, and I expect him to. We got like uh, two touches and didn't 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 score. That's a David McKay turnaround. I know that's the problem. You you um, can't pick him if he hasn't performed. You can't drop him to SANFL and say perform, and then pick him the next week because the bloke that we left in actually was a worst option. I, I think we need an alternative. We're a couple of weeks away from getting tax back. Uh, I think Lockie Gallant needs a run of games. Um, I, I'd be very tempted to to try either Fisher Mackesy at centre half forward, um, or chuck Nick Murray down there and bring bring Billy down back. Well, um, one thing if you put Frampton down back and you put uh, Murray up forward, you know Murray will try his guts out. Uh, he's he's he... also got a nice lead and a nice mark on him, and he's a good kick. And because he's that odd size, it makes defences not sure what type of defender to put on him 
I mean, we we have we have problems at the moment. We don't have a, enough goal scoring targets. Um, no, we don't. You know, so and and we cannot persevere with Elliot anymore. I think I, it, I whether they do or not, I, I would not agree with him continuing to be picked because I just don't think he's the answer. And I think we need to move on and find a different answer. So uh, we got Tomo uh, in the studio audience. So we'll just bring Tomo in quickly while we're talking about this. How you going, mate? Evening. Good, thank you. How's everyone? Very good. good. Hello. Um, my, it's a bit off topic, but my opinion is, do we think we're going about the rebuild in the right way? Um, you look at teams like Collingwood, Hawthorne, they've got a very good mix of experienced players and kids coming through, even Sydney. And I feel like we might have sold the ship too early on getting rid of a lot of our experienced players to help mainly with leadership. I think we're going to miss a lot of, despite him having his ups and downs, I think we're going to miss D-Mac's leadership behind the scenes a little bit. He was well liked with a lot of the young players and all that. And same with Lynch. I feel like we are very, we're too young, I think. It's, I think you're it's, right. It's a big one. I don't think we have a good, a good mix at all. And I think this is going to be a very long rebuild. Well, it's going to be a very long uh, rebuild because uh, you're quite right. Normally, when you do a rebuild, you you have a, a skeleton there of uh, senior players and then you've got the junior players coming uh, around them and at least they've got uh, some experience and guidance coming to them from the senior players. But we haven't really got many senior players and some of the ones that we've kept uh, aren't firing very well anyhow. But... Uh, no, we, we just have that shortage, and Fiend pointed out before, we just got that big gap in that 24, 27 age group. You know, we just don't have anybody there. And uh, uh, probably, you know, Lynch, I think, was a little bit unlucky to go. Um, but then again, if you we can always argue if we kept him, you've got to keep another, kid, another young kid out. So I think we've done it, and we've got rid of him, and now we're going to have to wear it. But it's just going to mean we have to take a lot longer to get there. Yeah, yeah I that was just. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to mention, Tomo. You know, back in 2014 to 2017, we hung on to a lot of players that even back then were showing signs of falling off the cliff. You know, Richie Douglas was retained for probably two seasons without really performing, um, and there were one or two others. And you know, if we'd have recruited a decent midfielder back in 2016, for example. They'd be in their sixth season now and right in that sweet spot. And that's the age group of player that you want supporting these younger lads coming through, not someone who's 32 and struggling. So I think I think a lot of it is due to the fact that we were gunning for a flag back in that period of time and we were basically all in for that. Um, and we backed the squad that we had, rightly or wrongly, I, I'm on record as saying that I felt that we should have got rid of a few players back then. Um, but as a result, you know, when that all went pear-shaped in 2017, you saw, well, we all know how quickly we fell off a cliff. So, you know, um, they, they played the wrong hand, unfortunately, and here we are. And, you know, whether we're going about it the right, right way or the wrong way, we've got players on the list now that have been on the list for three or four years. If they were the right players, they'd be doing well. Half of, them are, half of them are playing state league now. 
So I maybe it's recruiting. How do, how do we feel about recruiting more out of the sandfall? Because I think Jack Haynes and, I mean, as mentioned previously, I don't remember a mature age sandfall pickup being typically bad at AFL level. Um, do, do we just keep going with drafting young kids or do you reckon we go out and get, for example, a 24-year-old from the sandfall for a position that we need? Well, here's, here's a question for you, Tomo. As good as Paddy Parnell is, we had an opportunity to pick someone up, a mature age player up in the mid, mid-year draft last year, and we picked another midget. Yeah. Right? Now, that to me, that's that's just poor list management, pure and simple. And that's nothing against Paddy Parnell because he's a good little player. But why in the hell did we pick up another little midget? Yeah, it could be said about this draft as well with the midfielders we drafted. Yeah, but there's a difference between um, drafting new talent, new kids. I'm talking about that mid-season draft where we had the opportunity to take anyone we wanted, right? And there were, there was exposed form in all the state leagues, exposed form in the SNFL and the VFL and all the rest of it. And we pick up some kid out of New South Wales who's two foot eight. <laughs> You know, when we've already got a, a mosquito fleet, it's nothing against Patrick Parnell, but was he really the type of player that we needed in that circumstance? Yeah. Like. So you yeah. know, the, the list management and 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 to a lesser degree, I think recruitment. Um, sorry, drafting <clears throat> has really contributed to us being in this situation. I think. No, there's no question about that. And I think that really was Tomo's point to some degree as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, we haven't hit a draft, I think, since Miller and Dudes, and even then it's been pretty dire. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, Rochelle, uh, Saligo, Taylor, and even Nankervis um, might prove to be a good draft. Um, but, gee whiz, long time coming. Anyway, mate, thanks for your input. I'll uh, shuffle you back to the crowd. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Yeah, see ya. Thanks. We've got time for one more if uh, anyone else wants to have a say. Um, we need to do our five, four, three, two, ones now. Um, let me see if i got this up. I think I've got this up. Uh, one moment, please. Here we are. Um, so last week, as a consequence of last week, <clears throat> we had uh, our our votes. Uh, we had Rochelle on 13, Rowe on 10 with Shoal, Keys on 6, Smith on 4, Dawson and Murray 1 each. Now the listeners, their votes went Rochelle, Keys, Rose, Shoal, Dawson, Crouch, Smith, McHenry. So uh, slightly different, a bit more love for keys than we showed, um, and a couple of others in there. So I went for keys as my number one. Yeah, no, good luck to you. <laughs> you were the only one. So uh, what about I'll go I'll go around the uh, table again. Um, Nikki, you can start five, four, three, two, one for this week. Hello, Nikki. 
Nikki. Oh, sorry. Do you, <laughs> do you want me to start at the five or start at the one? Whatever you like. Well, just for Macca, I'll start at the five. Keys. Right. Um, then I had – this is kind of where it gets fun. Um, so I worked with Dawson, right. then Rochelle, Smith, and I'm having trouble splitting the last one because it's a toss-up between Roe and Cook because whilst Roe missed those goals that we needed, I really liked – a lot of the stuff he did around the ground and the movement up forward, but we also saw some really nice stuff from Cook. Um, but I, I'll i give it to Cook just because, Rowie, you needed to kick those goals. Maka? Well, um, not too much different from Nicky. Uh, uh, five for Keys. Yep. Four for Dawson. Yep. Three for Smith. Yep. And then it sort of can become a little bit of a, a raffle after that. And then looking at names like uh, Cook, Dude, Hinge, uh, Roe, Scholl, uh, Rochelle. And in the end, I, uh, I'm i going to give uh, Jimmy Rowe two and I'm yeah. going to give uh, Rochelle one. Okay. Well, I've gone... Benny Keys for five. Um, thought he was a standout. Um, Brody Smith for four. Geordie Butts for three because, you know, defence is a, a thing too. Um, Joshua Shelley for two. And Tom Diday for one. So no Dawson in your best five? Nope. Okay. It's all a matter of opinion, always is. Correct. So uh, there have been some people that have um, put their um, put their uh, votes in already, but if you want to put your votes in, um, just uh, chuck, them, chuck them in the best and fairest channel if you can because it's easier to find then, um, but I'll dig them out regardless. Um, and we'll uh, put the tally up next week. All right, I think that's done for the game. We've got we've got uh, the showdown obviously next week, uh, which is going to be an interesting one because neither team is playing in any good form. Uh, both teams have got a few injuries and uh, a lot of question marks about their scoring power. So uh, it could be a very interesting game. Thoughts, yeah, I'm just hoping. Sorry. Um. I just think it's it's quite amusing the fact of if you actually look at the the matches they've put two games on on the Friday now, um, so you've actually got Melbourne and Essendon starting an hour before our game because it's like do they actually think that people would rather watch that than Port and Crows? Yeah, it, it, it was a tokenism for us. So it's who do you think is going to win? Nikki. Oh god, it's hard because <laughs> they're both deplorable. Um, I think this is this, this is probably our chance to beat Port um, because they've been decimated a bit more by injury. Um, but I, oh, but I think they actually move the ball a bit better <laughs> than what we do. Um, 
but I'm gonna fingers crossed. Hopefully, us. Maka. No, I don't, I don't give us any chance at all. Um, even though Port played so badly, um, I think that uh, uh, they they have got a lot lot more better players than we have overall. So um, if they come out and play just as they should play, I'd say they they'd beat us by about five goals. Right. Um... I'd like to tip us to bounce back, but I'm just... It's actually selection that that makes me stop, not... No. I don't think there's huge problems with players' endeavour, by and, like, collectively. I think our endeavour's been pretty good. Our intensity has overall, I think, been pretty good. Uh, not Certainly not um, consistent enough, but there's been enough there to show that the, the players are invested. But I think they're getting hamstrung by selection and... I just don't see that philosophy changing because I just don't understand what the logic is in the first place. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to go um, with Port Adelaide on this one um, as much as Margin. I don't want to. Margin, please? Oh, probably four goals, I'd say. I don't think it'll be a shellacking because I, what I saw on the weekend of Port, they're not that good either. And they're certainly not capable of kicking at a lot of goals. Well, you know, if they played like they did on the weekend, they wouldn't beat anybody, but I can't see them playing like that again. So that's why. Uh, and we win. We just don't quite have at this stage the cattle, I think. All right. All right, quick cockwomble cock uh, to finish us off, Nick. <laughs> um, sorry, I did ask for some other people, and somebody actually reminded me of something that happened during the, the uh, Crows and the Collarwood game, which is um, – Nathan Buckley actually defending players ducking into a tackle. Um, yes. Like, that, I know that's you the rules, him. Nikki, apparently. <laughs> oh, <laughs> except it's not. Um, mm. <laughs> but you got to love the, the fact that there's a coach who's only just one year out of the game and actually doesn't understand what the rules actually are, which is good. But I, I do think it kind of has to go to either the AFL or the ground management at Sydney on Friday night. Because that was a farce. I mean, it was great, you know, vision and everything else, but there are some sides to it that not so good. Uh, the fact that you actually had three Swans players standing um, in the little kitty section uh, under the other ground and actually had to go outside the ground and walk around and come back in the gate. Um, the fact that they didn't have enough security there, that I don't think they were ever going to stop them anyhow. But the fact that they kept playing the music whilst people were out there and turned it into a whole, hey, it's a bit of a concert now, instead of just turning it off and actually start people, announcing. Apparently uh, people on. set up a, a picnic blanket on the wing or something or other while all that shit's yeah, going yeah. on. Um, did you see the bit about Zach Tui where the guy who actually bumped, bashed yeah. into him, dropped his yeah. car his foot, so <laughs> Tui actually picked him up and chased after yeah. the bloke to give it to him. I mean, yeah. it was actually quite dangerous for the players. Um, there's a whole lot of duty of care and everything else that I, I was going to say massive liability be- issues if someone got hurt. Oh. And and then there was um, uh, like the commentators. Oh, you know, the, it's great the crowd and everything else. I think Buddy actually did the best that he could do in that situation was smile and and not um, and kind of celebrate with him. And I mean, it, it it was great and all that. But I think at some stage, 
you could kind of see his face a little bit just going, how do I get out of here? He's trying to get out of there. Yeah. Um, if you if you don't hurry up, then you're going to get a nomination because I did say quick cop. <laughs> yeah, so I just think it's they, they kind of suspected this might have happened, the fact that they didn't have enough staff on there, that they didn't handle actually getting the players back on the ground properly and everything else. Not this, oh, we're going to have a 15-minute delay. It was just ridiculous from start to finish. I mean, fabulous for Buddy, um, you know, great moment. Sydney played well. Everything else, the guy that actually marked the ball, well quick done, dude. Cut, quick cut, Quamble. Yep, quick all of them. Cut, right. <laughs> I reckon the bloke that does, that burnt the bloody dim sim deserves one at the MCG. But anyway, it's your oh, award. No. So we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll go we'll, we'll go with uh, the SCG because yeah, I'm amazed that no one got hurt out of that. All right, now uh, yep. now this week, of course, being a home week, uh, a home game, uh, we will have our double general admission passes to give away uh, on Tuesday night. So make sure you listen on Tuesday night uh, if you're looking for a double general admission pass to get to the showdown. Uh, it should be uh, a good time and uh, probably get some seating, I reckon, considering both teams are on the nose at the moment. It's our home game. Um and there's also a prelim final on Saturday. I was just about to say, the Crows come up against Fremantle in the Women's League, a massive game. Um, mm. Obviously, uh, uh, we would start warm, very warm favourites, I think, in that one. And uh, I reckon the week or two off might have just helped a couple of our um, girls just uh, get up. Erin has been a bit sore, and a couple of others have been a bit sore, so I reckon... Uh, I reckon we're, yeah, so I reckon we're we're a shoe in, Nikki, for the women's and <laughs> shoe in. I, I don't think I don't think we're a shoe in because Fremantle are a bloody good side, but yeah. I I think the rest actually will help us, particularly not just with Erin, but with Hatchard, who's um, been suffering from plantar fasciitis. Yeah, um, in her foot, I just kind of predict that this um, it it may not go well for Frio. Yep. I think the club has been very clever by making it free uh, to to go to the game, so to ensure that there's a big crowd there to support the girls. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, look. Thanks everyone who's joined us at another marathon weekend wrap, and we'll have to have another post production meeting to try and sort that shit out. Uh, but uh, look, thanks for everyone who jo- shush. Everyone who joined us on uh, the studio audience, fantastic. Everyone who joined us on uh, YouTube, fantastic. And in Discord on the chat, fantastic. Um, don't forget you can support us on Patreon like Mick and you might get a, you might get a bloody bit of merch. If... <laughs> I did send him an email, you know, <laughs> but, and he never responded. So that's, that's my defence and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but we'll sort Mick out. He's been fantastic. And, look, we do appreciate all the people who've supported us on Patreon and other means um, over the course of the years and uh, certainly this year still, um, you know, your support is uh, humbly appreciated. So until Tuesday night, uh, Maka and Nikki, I'll bid you farewell. <laughs> Good night all. Good night, Good night everyone. Good night on Tuesday.